You are now entering Nowhere, California. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast sites like iTunes by searching Nowhere, California. A reminder, Nowhere, California podcast is our old feed, so please subscribe to Nowhere, California, our new feed. Also, you can get your Nowhere, California fix online by going to our official website, NowhereCalifornia.com and emailing us at nowhere underscore california at yahoo.com ideas from everywhere voices from nowhere since 2011 hi this is nick thank you for listening to nowhere california and i just want to take a brief moment to remember the life and the incomparable work of the late great alan rickman we learned of mr rickman's passing shortly after we recorded our tribute episode to lemmy kilmeister of motorhead and david bowie we will be doing a comprehensive uh, recording on the life and times and achievements of Alan Rickman, as well as discussing the heartbreak and the sadness that we felt as we learned that we also lost Mr. Rickman to cancer. Many people remember Alan Rickman uh, as his portrayal of the terrorist in Die Hard, Hans Gruber. Uh, some of you may remember him from Sense and Sensibility. Uh, others may remember him from his romantic comedy stuff with uh, Love Actually. But I think he will be most remembered for two roles particularly. One, the Sheriff of Nottingham in Kevin Costner's Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And more importantly, he is the one that took Professor Severus Snape from the pages of J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter novels and brought him with such dark yet vibrant uh, exploitations into the, the film world of Harry Potter. So, knowing that we'll be recording in the future, I'm going to raise my wand high for Professor Sever Snape, for Alan Rickman, the incomparable talent that he is, and say the only word that I can think that will sum it up, and that's always. Thank you, Mr. Rickman. Thank you for everything that you've done, and we look forward to discussing your life and your amazing talent in greater detail on a future episode. Thank you again for listening to Nowhere, California. This is Nick. And this is Josh, and welcome to a uh, new fucking year. Yeah, it? happy fucking new year, guys. Yeah, it's uh, 2016, uh, 2015, and not with like a whimper or like a big celebration or anything, it just kind of happened. For all of you that partied. You know, lucky you. Yeah, fuck, man. I stayed home with the kid, and uh, the wife passed out early, and uh, that's my middle-aged life now. Well, that was at least better than mine. I had a four a.m. shift the next day, oh, so I was son like, of a "Bitch, like, why bother doing anything?" <laughs> yeah, I hear you. It, you know, but um, for me, 2015 really wasn't a bad year. Uh, got some fantastic movies, which we'll be discussing here in a little bit, and um, some not so fantastic movies. We'll discuss a few of those yeah. too, because this is nowhere California. And we got to point out the worst of that's the worst. That's right. That's right. If we uh, if we can't look at everybody else's faults, how can we find fault in ourselves? Exactly, um, and. Uh, <clears throat> One thing we did amp up throughout 2015 is what we have in store for 2016. That's true, and uh, we get some of that uh, really early on uh, in February, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Our Valentine's Day gift. Oh, yes. I'm going to I'm gonna have a three-way with it. I'm going to have a three-way, three oh, yes. days, three dances, three dates with it. Um, and, of course, we're talking Deadpool. Yes, we're talking Deadpool, and we covered the 12 days of Deadpool on NowhereCalifornia.com. Yeah, if you guys are watching and keeping your eyes on that site, please, God, be because, one, we need the traffic, and two, I covered that entire damn thing. <laughs> That's right. My man here on the boards uh, hit every single day of it and did it extremely well. Um, you can go check it out for yourselves. And uh, because of his diligent coverage, 
we were the first ones to scoop a what we believe is to be a major Easter egg. Yeah. In the uh, in the Deadpool franchise. And yeah, we'll, he, he makes it sound like I uh, did this out of like uh, pure will and just knew something was there. It was a pure accident. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the thing was, is you brought it to my attention. It was kind of our collective, uh, you know, love of Deadpool and, and my knowledge of comics that we delved into a little bit more. But uh, it was it was a key phrase yeah. in, in the video that they released. And I guess I, uh, before we get into that part, um, yeah. I'll tell you exactly how I stumbled across this. Like you saw in the coverage that 12 Days of Deadpool, 12 different sites had different coverages and everything. Right, right. And the day that Deadpool core had their coverage, they released a newsletter, a holiday newsletter from Deadpool. Right. In the vein of those letters you get from your family when they say, oh, we did this, 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 we're so much better than you, and go fuck yourself. So yeah. yeah. All that fun stuff. So you get one from the Merc with the Mouth himself. And I'm getting ready to do the post and everything, and I'm, I'm thinking to click left to get the URL for the picture to post. I click right, and it sends me to YouTube. Right. So there's an embedded video. And what it is, is it's a very classic Three Stooges moment. Yeah. Uh, it's where... Slowly uh, I turn. Yeah, the slowly I turn, the Niagara Falls thing. The Niagara Falls, slowly I turn, step by step, inch by inch. It's that great exchange between Mo, Larry, and Curly, where Curly's getting slapped around. Uh, and getting called Bub a lot. Right. <laughs> now, that is where the spoiler, that's where where the Easter egg, I should say, comes into play. <clears throat> When we first saw it, uh, when he first described it to me, he said, well, it takes place at Niagara Falls and this and that. And uh, so I immediately went on the search and started looking. And I'm like, well, I mean, I, I know that Deadpool does get married at Niagara Falls. You know, or the, the wedding of Deadpool happens at yeah. Niagara Falls. But it felt like that that was too overt. And so we looked a little closer, and right off the bat, I hear Mo say, hey, Bob, I used to be a, yeah. I used to be a scamp like you. Hey, Bob. Hey, yeah. Bob. And a lot of Bob in there. Now, there's one other character uh, who's directly tied to Deadpool, who Deadpool gets his healing factor from, that uh, that would make... Above a yeah, lot. Yeah, would make a, uh, a, a... Could make an appearance in there. And that would be Wolverine. Now, we know that Hugh Jackman's coming to the end of his run as Wolverine. Yes. Uh, they're supposed to be doing Old Man Logan, I think. Which uh, is going to be awesome. Yes. I cannot wait. I know they, they're not going to be able to do it full steam because... Honestly, that'd be an NC-17 movie right off the bat. Well, I mean, I think they could go rated R with it. it yeah, it'd be... Uh, especially if Deadpool does well. Uh, which, I say if. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If. Um, <clears throat> so, when Deadpool does well, I think <clears throat> they could go rated R with it. The only yeah. thing is, is the Old Man Logan run uh, features... Well, it features Hulk. The it Hulk. features Hawkeye. Well, keep in mind, keep in mind now, Sony went out of their way to... Uh, you know, to kind of make a deal and get Spider-Man involved in the series. Yeah. This may be where we see... We scratch your back, you scratch ours. Murder of the two. Yeah. Uh, it's strong possibility. Who yeah. Knows? And there's a lot that can be there, but um, to the Deadpool world, though. Right. Back to the Deadpool world. Um, <clears throat> we know Hugh Jackman's going to be winding down his run, and there's been rumors that he may be poking his head into Deadpool uh, anyway. I hope so. And it doesn't even have to be something big. No, it could be just something simple. It could a be just a credit scene, a stinger scene, you know, something like, like that. Like I've been saying, like the perfect stinger scene would be Deadpool on the phone just telling somebody on the other end about his adventures, just going, oh my God, this happened, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, wait, Logan, are you there? Are, are you asleep? Yeah. 
and either have Hugh Jackman asleep on his couch with a phone on his chest or mm-hmm. him looking at his phone and just hanging up on him. Or, uh, you know, something to the effect of, I like you better with your mouth sewn shut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we think, and we, we immediately launched onto Twitter and to, uh, you know, All our, social, our media social media sites and immediately launched into the whole um, possibility of it being Wolverine. Yeah. It's a strong possibility of it being yeah. Wolverine. So, and, But in turn... We jumped on our sites and everything and gave ourselves probably one of our biggest days ever with 70 hits. 70 hits right off the bat, and it was later in the day. Too. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was kind of midday because a lot of the uh, 12 Days of Deadpool stuff came uh, a little about bit later. Midday. Yeah, it, it's, midday, a little bit later. It's about on midday one, when they one posted them. Po- uh, Pacific Standard. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was just kind of this... Uh, this this kind of Nirvana thing where we clicked on it was like oh yeah. nice you know it was a it was a very uh, zen moment to see yeah see Ellie liked it too yeah big moment for us and uh, and nobody else covered it in all the other sites and everything like that no one uttered a word like one person on Twitter like flat out said like what's the deal with the Three Stooges and I wrote them back like we're trying to figure that out ourselves here right yeah and it wasn't even a site or anything it was just a random fan now did you go back and tag that person and say hey look we think yeah. we figured this out yeah I passed along cool. the link to her and everything like this is what we're thinking now I I posted it on my personal uh, Facebook page you know so my friends yeah big comic book nerds and stuff could take a look at it too and quite a few people did and they're like holy shit holy shit you know, you may have stumbled onto something big here. So, yeah. whether it got shared around or not, whether we're right or wrong, we'll find out very soon. Very soon in February, but... Yes. With that being said, that's the future. It's time to go to the past. Yes. Just, we'll take a dip back into 2015 and uh, take a quick peek at our top five favorite films yeah. of 2015. But before we go into our top five, I do want to go into what we thought was the worst movie of 2015 that we happened to see. Right. Um, it's not because there was a couple that I didn't see that were probably steaming piles, but I'm not going to be that person and go, yeah, Knock Knock sucked. Like, nope, didn't see it, so I'm not going to bother. <laughs> fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Okay, so what would you say was your was the worst the one? The worst one I saw in 2015 is probably going to be Get Hard. The welfare, oh, welfare yeah. I had high hopes for that man. I really did. Yeah, it it seemed by the numbers, and it, yeah. like I love Will Ferrell. He, he can do the dumbest movies, but make him still funny as hell. Uh huh. And Kevin Hart's growing on me. Well, Kevin Hart, I've always liked doing stand up. Anyway, he's he's, yeah. he's pretty he's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, I, he, I, I've always dug him. And he's a hard worker. He he he's growing his brand and making his way in Hollywood the way he wants to. Right. But just get hard was just yeah. You know, there was. I think what happens is you get to a point where you're you just get force fed. You know, I think somebody went, "Hey, you know what? Let's do this movie with Will Ferrell, who's hilarious, yeah, and Kevin Hart, who's the funniest comedian in a you know in, in the world right now. Let's let's put them together. Let's it'll see what happens. It'll be fantastic. It's printing money. It'll be like Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor all over yeah. again, and it winds up just kind of being a. A wet fart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And hopefully that doesn't uh, continue with. I forget the title of the movie, but there's a movie Kevin Hart is doing this year with uh, Dwayne Johnson. Central Intelligence. Central Intelligence. Yeah. The trailer looks funny as hell. It does look funny as hell because it looks like Dwayne Johnson is just being a nutcase. Yeah. Um, which which I think you know will be kind of funny. Um, I mean, there was there were so many movies. Uh, and like, how many do you want to cover on this one? By the way, just one, just one bad one. One bad one. Oh, because if anything, if we wanted to throw two, I'd say home. 
the weird alien movie with Jim Parsons I, you know, and I, Rihanna. I, I watched it with the kids, and I didn't hate it. Yeah, exactly. I, did, I didn't hate the film. Well, I, there really wasn't a movie that I hated. It was just kind of like, eh, you know, Well, that's the reason I didn't put Home on the bottom list, because we're grown men, so it's right. not exactly like Holmes going, hey, look at this, boobies. Um... Damn it! I kind of have to do this twice. Like I, I I'm gonna have to mention two films because it's almost an equal tie for me. Okay. Uh, one being Entourage. Oh, luckily I didn't see it. <laughs> God, who fucking cared? You know, like I. Hated, no one did. <laughs> the thing is, is a buddy of mine made me watch it, and it, I hated the show. Yeah. I hated the show to begin with. The only person I liked in it was Jeremy Piven. The the only one that was like any interest to me at all was Jeremy Piven in this too. And they again, it was well, just, the Ari Gold character sucks. It's just you know, like they're just douchebags. It's just a douchebag show, and it was favored by douchebag people. Well, and if you're one of the people listening to our podcast who likes Entourage, I'm sorry, you're listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> well, it's I mean, no, please, please do listen. But I'm gonna, yes. I'm gonna call a spade a spade here. I'm gonna tell you flat out, fucking douchebag. At one point in your life, look like you listeners. Yeah, you guys are you guys are a fucking douchebag at some point in your life, uh, just for watching Entourage. I was a douchebag for watching the fucking movie. Yeah. And when I walked out, I was like, well, I'm glad I'm done with that douchebaggery. So, oh, when the that. movie was getting close to being released uh, right. at midnight, Chris Hardwick just ripping it apart. There. Yeah, and so what's your tie? What's your The tie would be Fantastic Four. What a fucking nightmare. I didn't see it, but um, a lot of people said the Roger Corman one was better. What, would you consider it better <laughs> yeah. than the, the Roger Corman one better than this Absolutely. One? Oh. Absolutely, because it's become a cult classic yeah. in, in that sense. Um,. You know, so this this was supposed to be a big budget. I mean, it had lots of controversy behind it already, just with the fact that uh, the, the director had no clue what the hell he's yeah, doing. The director wasn't sure what the fuck he was doing with it. Uh, their Doctor Doom was an internet fucking hacker nerd geek kind of guy. You know, like what? Who the fuck? Uh, uh, <sighs> Doctor Doom had his uh, Gozer moment. Yes. Oh God. And then, okay, you know, thing thing didn't look bad, but he didn't look good either. Yeah. Um, I I honestly think Michael Chiklis did a better job in the costume. You know. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they they made they made Johnny Storm a black character, which he, he's not a character that's necessarily defined by his his race. But then you know, Sue Storm they kept her white, and made her adopted, sort of thing, or taken off. You know, and it was just. Uh, the story should have been structured a little bit better. It was like they were forcing the movie out the gates so that they could keep, keep the, the rights. Yeah, that's it. exactly what it was. Yeah, and it and, it and this just, may have blown up in their oh face. Oh, God, it fucking shows. And the thing is, it, it tanks so much money, and they are even they were talking about a sequel right out the gates, and I'm all, you're fucking retarded. You guys are dumb. Well, they want to keep the, uh, the rights. Right, but I think what's going to wind up happening is Marvel will reacquire. They're, they're, Marvel is the action film equivalent of Pixar right now. You yeah. can do no wrong. Exactly. They can do no wrong whatsoever. Everything, you know, we've said this a million times, and I'm sure you're sick and tired of hearing it, but fuck you, they're dialed in. They're well, absolutely dialed in. And that's kind of key thing. We've mentioned this a lot, too. If Marvel does get Fantastic Four back, and they do the movie, and it bombs, mm-hmm. no more Fantastic Four. Well, okay. Movies, at least. <laughs> uh, if we have any comic book fans that are listening to the show, uh, I'm going to shock the hell out of you if you're huge Marvel fans. Uh, fuck the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I've never cared for them. No they've, one has. They've squandered so many, so many amazing storylines. Uh, they're one of the greatest villains and one of the shittiest teams put together. Reed Richards is one of the greatest minds in the Marvel universe. And what they just keep, you know, they just keep fucking him up. 
They keep fucking with him. Sue Storm. Didn't they, they just they kill off Torch? They killed off Torch and resurrected him almost immediately. Because they knew how stupid they were. Well, yeah, it was dumb. I mean, okay, in the comic books, basically what happened... The Tremendous Three? (laughs) One of them was going to die. And, well, they they started calling themselves the Future Foundation. Which is fine. I'm like, okay, they move forward with it. Spider-Man was part of them for a while. They keep the the FF uh, monograms. Right. Uh, Which is much better than Fuckface. Which is what I'd call them. But uh, they they kill off Johnny Storm. Instead of, you know, Sue Storm should have been the one they killed off, which would have spiraled Reed Richards into despair. It just it made no sense. It made no sense. But anyway, I digress. Fantastic Four, shitty comic, shitty movie. And uh, uh, Enrage, douchebaggery. Yes, and, and tons of douchebaggery. And those are my worst for 2015. Enough with the bad stuff now. Yes, let's move on to the good shit. Yeah, so here, here we go. Here's our top five for 2015. Okay. Are we uh, going to punch counter punch here? Yeah, might as well. All so right. You go ahead. Your your fifth. Uh, my fifth. My fifth was um, uh, Inside Out. That was mine too. Inside Out <laughs> was so uh, no punch counter punch on that one. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Are can't do wrong. No, they can't, and they really have just proven that they can tug on your heartstrings time and time again. Mr. Bing Bong. Yes. Oh God, damn it, Mr. Bing Bong. Um, and then the reveal of Mr. Bing Bong too, where he's mm-hmm. just like this character. Hey, I'm the imaginary friend. And right. Then, and then we get. Okay, before we really get rolling, there will be spoilers. So keep- ah, fuck off! If you haven't seen it already, man, god damn it, go to movies more. We're a pop culture fucking podcast for Christ's sakes. If you're coming in, you're like, oh my god, I can't believe they just launched right into this. Yeah, okay, I get it. If we had posted something the week that Star Wars had came out after we had watched it. And we didn't put a spoiler warning on there. Fine, I, I totally get it. We're, we're talking going, about Inside Out. Yeah, and uh, one of our future episodes here. We're you know. I said spoiler. Why are you yelling at me? I'm getting the what for from the kid. All right. Okay. Well, spoiler warning, then. We're about to talk about Inside Out. Mr. Bing Bong dies. Yes. Mr. Bing... Well, no. Mr. Bing Bong sacrifices it. Yes. Which was awesome because yeah. it's, it's him and Joy, and they're trying to get the get back to imaginary you. rocket ship that's powered by you know imagination all that stuff. It's back scene, up to the yeah. control center. And they're just too weighted down. Yeah. And, and get re- close. Um, he realizes that... The kid needs joy. Right. So he... The imaginary friends come and go. Yeah. But you need joy in it. Oh, I'm getting chills just talking yep. about it because so, he's just sitting there watching her. Yep. They're down in the wasteland of forgotten memories yeah. and stuff. And uh, basically he launches up there and she goes, whoa, we made it. She turns around. She goes, Mr. Bing Bong. Mr. Bing Bong. And he yells up at her, don't let, you know, don't let her forget me, you know, kind of yeah. thing. And, and it's, and then he, he's, as he's fading away. Yeah, fading away. Oh, oh it's horrible, horrible. I remember sitting in the El Capitan Theater, first time being in that theater, so I was enjoying the fact that it was such an old school theater and everything. But I remember sitting up in the balcony by myself Yeah. when they have a bunch of school kids on the main floor and they get to the bing bong scene and he starts vanishing and I start tearing the hell up. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't think... That's any discredit to you at all. Oh no, um, I, I could be a sobbing mess, and I'll be like, I own it. <laughs> no, Pixar, Pixar knows how to how to oh, yeah, in your heartstrings. Mr. Bing Bong was just like, oh god, yeah, oh god, it was. You, you, know. you think the tear jerking moment's going to be like something random with like joy or sadness or something like that? You never think the imaginary character, the imaginary friend, was going to be the one to go. Oh, you, you think you're not going to get some tears? <laughs> yeah. Let's squeeze those, let's squeeze those balls a little bit. Yeah, no kidding. And they, oh god, they do too. Yeah. Uh, but you know, all in all, I I really loved everything about it. They they 
implemented everybody in just the right way. Yeah. I love when they give you glimpses into everybody else's head. Oh, the, then, yeah. Yeah, and if you're watching the credits and they start showing, like, the dog and the cat. And, and clearly Pixar are dog people. Oh, yeah. Because the dog was like, this man has food. How can we get the food from the man? And the cat's just like, derp. You know, like, <laughs> it, was, it was derpy. And uh, I, I Well, it may be payback for Up, though, too. That's a good point. Yeah, because they were, the dogs were kind of derpy and up. <laughs> yes. Uh, so may, maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. But nonetheless, uh, for our, my number five and your number five as well, for 2015 was Inside Out. Yeah, there's Disney so much to it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one really cool thing I love about it, hmm. Lewis Black is now part of the Disney canon. Yes. Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah, so awesome that Lewis Black, Sarah Silverman, mm-hmm. Jane Lynch... To name a few of the comics, Robin that, Williams, Robin Williams, yep, that you never would think would be in that canon, are part of that canon, right? Yeah. yeah. So I guess I'll go with my number four. Okay. Is uh, Jurassic World was my number four. Wow, that's kind of low down on that list, man. It was a rough year. True. Rough in a good way. Well, you got out to the movies a lot more than I did with the, with the new baby. It was yeah. kind of hit or miss on what I could and couldn't see. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you, when we and I don't fucking pirate movies, so I won't. Yeah, I won't buy bootlegs and stuff like that. And oh, same here. Them. I was actually having this conversation today at work. Somebody was talking to me about bootleg movies, and I'm like, I don't do them. Yeah. And they're like, why? And I'm like, well, even before the podcast, I really wasn't into piracy or bootlegging. It's just it didn't seem right to me. But learning the independent side of everything mm-hmm. with the people that we met, just Cameron, uh, yeah. Satu. People that work their ass off to get yeah. their product out there, and that's how they earn their money back is by getting hits in theaters and things like that. Yeah. Not from, you know, 2,500 people getting the same fucking DVD bootleg, you know, or whatever it is. It just, you know. It, it's, uh. it's not right. And, honestly, most people who have copies of it, if you don't know how to get pirated stuff, most people who have copies of it charge you. You know, five bucks for it anyway. Yeah, so. so why not kick down fucking seven fifty and go see it in a big theater, you know, yeah. and see it the way it was meant to be released instead of a courtesy of you know exactly. so such and such pictures or for your consideration or exactly whatever. It Don't may do be. that bullshit. So, but uh, Jurassic World is my number four. Okay, that one was early in twenty fifteen. So after I saw that one, it was easily my favorite movie of the year at that time. Okay, yeah, it was. It rocked. They did it perfectly. It wasn't a reboot or a relauncher. It was a relaunch. In the sense that it relaunched the franchise, but it wasn't like a remake or reboot or anything like that. It had the nostalgia factor in there, it, and it gave you a really good news story, and it also gave you Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes, yes, yes it did. Yeah. And, and, and Chris uh, Pratt. Chris Pratt. <clears throat> the freaking guy at the moment right now. Yeah, he really is the, the hottest commodity going out there, and uh, Marvel's got him, Universal's yeah. got him, you know, he's... DC needs to just figure out yeah, some way he's, to... Yeah, he's going to be in. doing a follow-up to uh, Jurassic World. We've already posted that on NowhereCalifornia.com, yeah. and, uh, uh, you know, we clearly know there's going to be a follow-up to Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. and so, yeah, you know, he's uh, he's a really hot commodity. Yeah, right and now. they did... Honestly, Jurassic World just was a great movie all around. I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. Anyway, number four for me, uh, which may come as a shock since we are pop culture and I'm such a big comic book guy, was Avengers 2 Age of Ultron. Well, this is going to be a bigger shocker. It wasn't in my, in my top five. Uh, fucking throw up on your shoes right now. Well, it, it wasn't anything negative. And as I lean down to clean your shoes off, I'm going to smack you in the, in the taint. Thank you. You're welcome. But no, it wasn't anything negative towards it. it the movie was awesome. It, it did what it needed to. It just when you When we get closer to my top, 
you're yeah. going to realize why it's not in my top five. Granted. Uh, uh, by the way, folks, forgive me. I'm doing a lot of snorting and sniffling here. I'm fighting a cold as we head into. You didn't listen to the last episode where we were both hacking. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. We were, too. And it's just it's gotten even worse. We're into our cold, rainy season, and uh, everybody in the house passed it around, and now I've got it. So, yeah. here we are. Anyway. Yeah, but um, Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron, for me, was... Uh, was a great follow-up. Don't get me wrong. I loved the film. It it introduced Vision. Yes. It got. Uh, I mean, it set things up nicely for Thor three Ragnarok. Um, it set things up for maybe not so much for Civil War. I guess there's sprinkled. Be, yes, it's it sprinkled, sprinkled some. We'll tension. find out. You know, with the trailer that came out. Uh, you know, it mentioned Sokovia, and you know what happened in Sokovia, which is you know what happened in Age of Ultron, um, or where it took place, I should say. Well, we got the introduction of Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, Vision. Yeah, Quicksilver makes a quick uh, appearance. Yeah, he's uh, the quick and the dead, I wish yeah. uh, If I need to give you a spoiler, fuck you. That's been enough time for that one. Thank you. Which, again, for me, was one of my most disappointing deaths. Um, it was. I, I see it justified because the Days of Futures past Quicksilver outshone the other ones so much. I don't think so. Well, to honestly, to me, yes. Right. But also to... Quicksilver in Age of Ultron was a great character, and it was great back and forth with him and his sister. Mm-hmm. It was just, I could see the death being. I I mean, it it is justified in the sense that you know there, there's clearly the sacrifice between a character that that really was started off on the wrong side, and uh, you know was lashing out towards Tony Stark and everything. There was a lot of that, but then he he comes full circle to redeem himself. Yeah, uh, under Hawkeye's. You know, kind of tutelage. Uh, you know, gets them them trapped in there and says, "Hey, look, you step out that door, you're an Avenger." You know, and that's that's cool. I'm okay with that. Also, too, with the death, uh, Joss Whedon always has his mo of killing somebody. Right. Which I I hate saying this because I love Don Cheadle. I was really expecting it to be Rhodey, War Machine. And maybe soon. Uh, yeah, I know the, the trailer <laughs> kind of leans towards that. Uh, who knows? But um, you know, Quicksilver, we we get a kind of a quick exit from him. Paul Bettany who's been the voice of Jarvis throughout the series, takes a living embodiment of Jarvis and, and Vision and, um, you know, becomes a character who's so pure is able to lift Thor's hammer. No problem. Yeah. Um, I, there, there wasn't... There really wasn't an aspect of that film that I didn't care for. Yeah, um, it, was, it was... I thought the pacing was all, good. It was Everything was perfect. They, they launched into everything right off the bat. Iron Man comes across as such a hypocrite because he... You know the vision that he's he's shown. Not the vision. The vision that he's shown by uh, uh, Scarlet Witch is that he's going to fail. Yeah, he's, he's going, going to cause to fail. everybody. Everybody, yeah. Basically, he's going to cause you know everything to fall, and so he feels it's his duty to prevent that from happening. You know, and it's this and that, and it's this. And then the first thing we hear in the Civil War trailer is, you know, if we don't go unchecked, then we're no better than they are. And I'm like, fuck you, Tony Stark. Well, it's like I said, you, we got the sprinklings of Civil War throughout. Right. It wasn't even like blatantly like the, the location of the disaster and everything. It was more the tension that was right. growing between Captain America and, and Tony Since Stark. Since Avengers 1. We, yeah. You know, and Cap tells him, put the suit on, put the suit on. Yeah, and then also, too, you turn around, even the ending, where yeah. Captain America and Black Widow are at the Avengers, new headquarters for Avengers, and they're the ones that are sticking around to train and Tony Stark's like screw it I'm done yeah I gotta, <laughs> I gotta back out of this and then they bring him you know 
basically, it, it seems like they're bringing him into the mix to hunt down Captain America. Which I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck off. Well, I don't think it's really him. He might be brought in to talk to Captain America and leads to them butting heads. Yeah, possibly. To that Pixar moment of, I thought I was your friend too. <laughs> fucking trailer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed James Spader playing Ultron. Oh, he was the perfect voice for yeah, him. Oh, yeah, he was fantastic. And he had the great deme- uh, uh, great meter and uh, distinctive kind of growl to his voice, you know. And, and I I really thought he he drove it home. Either. So, I mean, if you if you haven't seen it and we're spoiling something for you, whatever. Go fuck uh, yourselves. Yeah, somebody should have spoiled it long before this. And... Um, you know, if you haven't seen it, go watch it immediately. No, regardless of the spoilers, yeah. uh, it, it is a fantastic movie. I loved uh, Avengers Two: Age of Ultron. So okay, that was your number four. Yeah, that's my number. So four. here, here we go with my number three. Okay, is Mad Max: Fury Road. Wow. Yeah, I've been saying this a lot about all the movies. It was just really perfectly done, and especially in a day and age of so much computer-generated effects that right. just pound you over the head repeatedly. To know that this movie was. Very little CGI. Right. A lot of everything was pretty much practical locations, practical effects. Which is is the beauty of Mad Max in and of itself. I mean, the originals, of course, had to use uh, practical effects. I think the practicality of it in a CGI laden world made it so much better. You know, because it felt grittier. It yeah. Felt, felt it more felt realistic. grittier, but also too in the scope of things, grander. Because yeah. when you get to the Cliff sides and everything, oh, yeah. and water pouring, and the creepy families, and yep, it was just insanely well done. Tom Hardy, everybody kind of gives a grief about Tom Hardy barely doing anything. It's like that—that's Mad Max. From what I remember from the originals, Mad Max is kind of just there. He, he's along for the trip. Well, I mean, he serves—he serves the purpose. I mean, of the hero or the kind of the, the muscle yeah, of um, the reluctant hero. But yeah, it's it's I don't you know. I haven't really heard that that many people give this movie so much grief. Yeah. I think Tom Hardy did a fantastic job, and I'm sure that the follow-up that they're going to do to this, you know, probably have more of his involvement in it. And it's and funny, too, uh, there was a couple of spatterings of, like, why isn't Charlize Theron in it? Her story's done. I'd love to see a movie just on her alone. Yeah, her character was, was yeah, awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, you know, um, and then who's the other one? Nick, Nicholas Holt uh, was the... The... The shaven head, the the yeah, acolyte, yeah, the acolyte, basically. Yeah. Um, the about a boy. Uh, I loved him in that. Yep, I yeah. loved him in that. I think my favorite character in it was the guitar player. Oh, yeah. everybody loves the guitar character. <laughs> because was... you're just sitting there watching the trailer, watching the trailer, then all of a sudden there's this flame throwing car with a freaking yeah, with basis. a wall, a wall of speakers. Yeah, and, and this guy just railing. Yeah, this guy on bungee cords who just plays them into battle everywhere they go. Yeah. And if you, if you have to have a job in the post-apocalyptic wasteland, yeah. might as well be the guitarist. It would be it would be better to be the guitarist than uh, than what uh, Patton Oswalt said that he'd wind up being in the post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Which yeah, which is uh, you know, butt fuck the sad boy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that would be a, a much better job than being the butt fuck sad boy. But also too, for me, it'd be like, oh crap, I gotta get get an instrument, or I'm gonna be the butt fuck sad boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ah. So okay, so that so was Mad your Max, uh, Fury Road. That was my number three. That was your number three. Okay, my number three was uh, Jurassic World. Um, yeah. 
You gotta show me Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I liked it a little more than you did. You had a, you yeah, like I said, years. you got to go see more movies. Than wait, I did. Well, wait until you hear my number two. Right. Um, so for me, Jurassic World. Um, and I liked it for all of the, the new elements to it. Yeah. Um, it was funny because after I watched How It Should Have Ended, uh, dot com. If you ever get a chance, go to H-I-S-H-E.com, How It Should Have Ended.com, or just search that. Um, they did a great, I don't know if you've seen it. I don't think I have. <laughs> they talked about, they're like, look, uh, don't run from a T-Rex in high heels. Have a contingency plan in place for, you know, like take the shot for God's sakes when the, the Dominus Rex is there, and they've got him lined up, and they're like, oh, he's he's talking to the Raptors. Shoot the shit out of it while yeah. he's talking to the Raptors. Don't um, wait to find out what's going on. Right, exactly. And it's like you know they they, they say if you well, wait to find out what's going on, it's going to be bad. Have a backup plan for getting the Raptors. You know how are you going to get them back in the cage? And that's what they said. They're like, how, how do we get the Raptors back in the cage? And Chris Pratt's character rides up and he goes, uh, yeah, that's why I said you shouldn't have them as assault, you know, like a, yeah, a use ground them as assault weapons. team, you know, and use them as weapons. So uh, you should probably start running for your life right now. And he takes <laughs> off on his motorcycle. Um, that's awesome. They're like, the Indominus Rex, they're like, why have a hatch? Why have a dinosaur-sized door, <laughs> you know, and not a smaller one for people to get in and out of, you know? And, and they were like, make the important phone call. Uh, from inside the bunker, which was instead of, you yeah. know, she's in the car calling, going, like, where's the Indominus? Where's the Indominus? And he's like, he's still in the pen. Yeah. <laughs> Call him from inside there. And, and it, the Chris Pat, Pratt character in, in How It Should Have Ended says that. He goes, uh, uh, or, she goes, I, sh- I should get in the car and, and call him on my way. And he goes, or, <laughs> why don't you just call him right now and find out where, where he's at? And uh, it was funny because they had a voice that went with the dinosaur, the Indominus Rex. And so every time he got discovered trying to like sneak around or do something, he's like, they went, oh, he's, he's probably camouflaged. And you see this camouflaged dinosaur go, oh, darn. And, every, and then the other one is they run out the human-sized door and he hits his head, bang, and he goes, oh, darn. <laughs> over and over again. So, so funny. But, uh, you know, for me, Jurassic Park proved, or I'm sorry, Jurassic World proved one thing is that 20-something years later, the world's still in love with dinosaurs. I oh. mean, it was the fastest movie to rush to a billion dollars uh, until we get a little further. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in 2015. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was, you know, it was tried and true, uh, a great action-adventure blockbuster follow-up, gave you all the elements. And then bastardized the legacy yeah, of the original. gave you elements of... Uh, Gave you elements of, of kind of Godzilla. Gave some redemption to the T-Rex because the T-Rex got his ass handed to him in Jurassic Park 3 with the Spinosaurus and all that. The fight between the Raptors and the Indominus Rex and the T-Rex. Oh. Oh, fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Gives you those Godzilla versus, well, you Even, know. like, when the Raptors are going after the Indominus and yeah. then Bryce Dallas Howard runs off to go get the T-Rex, basically. Yeah. And that whole scene there is, like... <laughs> As convoluted as it is in other people's eyes, just seeing her at that big door, oh yeah, the switch and everything, it was just like you oh, knew what was about to happen. Yeah, it was, like, oh. yeah. it was just kind of funny. They came from a little kid. He's like, "We need more teeth. We need more we need teeth. more teeth." So uh, yeah. you know, but uh, all in all, campy, whatever. Uh, I wouldn't even categorize it as campy because uh, I thought it was. I thought it, it was just solid. It was just such a solid movie. Great laughs, great you know connection to your characters. You know, great hero and Chris Pratt. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard wasn't unbearable. She was. She was really she, good in it. She's, she's fun such, to look at too. God, oh my Bryce God. Dallas Howard. I know she's one of those actresses that chooses her role. She's very choosy about what she does. Right. And I need to see more of her. Oh, just I in agree. general. Oh, that was one of the other things on how it should have ended. Was the uh, they're like if they're stun devices, 
built into every like stun trackers built into every single dinosaur. They were showing all the flying dinosaurs coming in. Like, why didn't they just watch them all fall and be like, man, we really are all about safety around here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. If you get a chance, take a look at it. But, uh, yeah, so my number three on on the list was Jurassic World. Well, um, now to my number two, which is going to maybe explain a lot of things or make you look at me like, what the, why is that number two? (laughs) Ex Machina. Okay. Yeah, you know. That was the uh, Android film. Android movie where the guy is at work and he gets a special prize from the owner of this tech company saying, hey, you get to come out to my compound and help me test this Android. Basically, he wants to test and see if he can uh, test this Android's AI, if it's a legitimate AI, artificial intelligence of this Android is choosing this stuff on her own or is she following following his patterns and building it from there. And leads from there. Oscar Isaac is the uh, the tech founder guy. He's the, was busy this year. Wasn't he's he? a busy dude. He's busy next year. Apocalypse. Yes, he is. And it's very eccentric uh, tech millionaire and billionaire and everything. He brings him in, sits him down to talk to this android, and they have these conversations. And it just builds and builds from there. And it's a very simplistic movie, but also too. The originality of the movie made it. Now that's uh, that's why I think this probably made it so high on your list. Yeah. Because there were so many movies that were sequels, or sequels, remakes, follow-ups, or you know whatever it was to something else. <clears throat> and that's kind of the world that we live in now, where a lot of the original ideas kind of get washed aside, or people don't see them as yeah. much. Um, you know, and so I I'm glad that you had this up there. I I really want to see it. Yeah, and I'll be lending it to you very shortly. Fantastic, and I'll have to get you all 500 of your other movies back. Yeah, um, uh, but uh, f- with that being said alone, I will not spoil the ending to it because yeah. the ending is very what the fuck. <laughs> you hear that? You hear that? He's doing that for me, not for you, bitches, not for you, listeners out there. Yeah, you fucks. I love y'all, but uh, he's not spoiling it just for me. Yeah, uh, has nothing to do with you. So, <laughs> but that's the key thing with a lot of movies for me when it's like my favorite movies of the year like last year is Birdman was my favorite movie of the year oh I got that on DVD for Christmas this year amazing uh, movie Blu-ray DVD I should say amazing amazing movie love that movie to death and a lot of people are just like really what no I it's mean, original as it comes you introduced me to two movies last year one I haven't seen which is Birdman that's the one I got and the other one was The Grand Budapest Hotel yeah Um. so I think it was something we talked about and uh one of my kids was even like, "You have to go see that. Yeah. You have to see that movie." So when it when I finally did, oh my god, I laughed my tits off. Yeah. What a fucking hilarious and well written movie. Um, I didn't expect anything less from Wes Anderson. Yeah, exactly. Well, there, there's like certain Wes Anderson tropes and everything that you can kind of go, oh "God, really, man?" Yeah. But Grand Budapest Hotel was just oh, it was beautiful. Beyond amazing. Ray Fiennes was absolutely great in it, and so was his uh, little sidekick. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. I I love that movie. I yeah, that but awesome. number two for me was Ex Machina. Okay, I cannot recommend enough. But also to when I when I'm at work in my entertainment world of uh, Target, if people are asking for recommendations on movies, I usually go. You can go with Ex Machina, but I would really highly recommend probably watching it before you buy it, so you don't come back here and want to punch me in the face because right. it is a weird movie. It's a weird concept and everything, but just amazing, amazing yeah. movie. So that was my number two. All right. Well, my number two is going to jump back to your number three. Yeah. Uh, which was Mad Max Fury Road. Great movie. Um, yes. I thought up until my number one hit theaters, uh, Mad Max Fury Road was, you know, it took me a little while to see it. When I finally did, 
it trumped all of my comic movies. Because it was just so well done. It was such a great retro throwback to what Mad Max is. Well, it's and, showing right now with a lot of the awards season yeah. starting up. It's getting nominated left and right for Best Picture, Best Script, Best Actor, everything. Good. And, uh, you know, and it, it has a very high probability of being nominated for Best Picture for the Academy Awards. I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. The, the way that they went about it, the way they told the story was just head and shoulders above anything else that had come out this year. Uh, until, until we get to my number one. Yeah, until we get to the number one. Uh, yes. So, um, you know, it's it was just such a surprising out of left field. Uh, Feel good movie of the year. Well, yeah, exactly. Feel no, good I mean, movie it, for us. Like a lot of people went into it skeptical, and then every one of those skeptics that came out of that film that were diehard Road Warrior or Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome kind of thing, um, you know, were huge fans of that came out of that movie and went, "Holy shit!" What an amazing film, you know, and it, it really is. If you haven't had a chance to see it, get out there and see well, it. Well, uh, and something we didn't mention when I, we were talking about that as my number f- three. Three. Yeah, and we can mention it right now, George Miller, the director. Yeah. He has a big hand in why that movie was what it was. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'll keep that one short and simple because we already, you know, we already touched on, on this. And yeah. uh, my number two easily was... Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. And I guess now for our number ones, we did d- discuss this a little bit beforehand. So. Right, and this shouldn't be a shocker to anybody. Yeah, well, for me it's kind of a shocker because I'm not as hardcore as a Star Wars fan as some people. I am ridiculous when yeah. it comes to Star Wars. But this made me a hardcore Star Wars fan because my number one and... And my number one as well. Uh, Star Wars uh, The Force Awakens. Yes. Um, insanely good movie. It really is, and you know, if it's another, uh, you know, another testament to how well Disney is handling franchises that they've picked up. You know, because now we have them in control of Marvel, we have them in control of Star Wars, and Lucas. We also have them, yes, and we have them in control of Indiana Jones. Yes. Um, so Crystal Skull, me. Those are beloved, you know, series for me. The fact that they have left. Marvel alone to do their own thing, much like Pixar, uh, and just put their money and their label on it. They may have uh, a word or two in there saying, "Hey, yeah, can you throw this in there for us, please?" Right, and you know it's it's done it's done well. There hasn't been any push to Disneyize you know anything and to kind of uh, dumb it down for people. You know, here's the thing: Star Wars: The Force Awakens. I I knew it was in good hands because as much as people want to bitch and complain about how J.J. Abrams handled Star Trek. It's, it's a minority few that I hear bitching complain about this. I loved, and as as you know, as goofy as the whole "there's a change in the time space continuum" kind of thing goes. That's a theme that's happened all throughout Star Trek, and that's exactly that so, too. J.J. Abrams went into Star Trek, and as I wasn't the biggest Star Wars fan, like I was more of a Star Wars fan than Star Trek, right? But I went into Star Trek going like, okay, I'll take a crack at this. My brother wanted to go see it, so I went with him. Loved every damn moment of it. Right. Um, The second one, not as much as I enjoy the first one, but right up there. Uh, Okay, so let's get back on track. You know, when I found out that he was taking over the Star Wars franchise, lost my marbles. Lost my marbles. So he directs the first one. We've got another director for Episode Eight that will be coming out next year. 
The year after, yeah. No, 2017. 2017. Well, we are in 2016. I apologize. Yes. Um, and the way Disney has it, starting in 2015, there will be a new Star Wars mo- movie that gets released every year until 2019 or 2020, I believe it is. I, I think probably 20. Um, and it, it, the way it runs down is this: Force Awakens, Episode Seven. We get Rogue, Rogue, Rogue One, One this year. This year. Next year we get Episode, episode Nine. No, uh, uh, sorry, eight. eight. Then we get the Han Solo standalone. Then we get episode nine, and then we get what presumably will be the Boba Fett standalone. Yeah, or a grand finale. Uh, I, I can see them going. I, I don't ten. think they're going to go grand finale with it. I mean, they're they're really building this, you know, to continue to continue a new series of, of films with these characters. Just keep the Star Wars universe yeah. alive. And so, I mean, it's very possible that they'll just continue rolling with films, which um, would be awesome. Yeah, as long as they keep the spark lit and keep Jar Jar the. Away from it. <laughs> well, that was I. You know, that was a lot of fear going into the Force Awakens. Was uh, BB-8 was going to be kind of the Jar Jar of the film, and he oh, wasn't. Man, BB was freaking oh awesome. Oh my god, everybody loved BB. Like we're talking. My wife, I think I finally talked her into getting the app uh, Sphero. Nice. Yeah, yeah. The 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 hundred dollar BB-8 that hundred seventy nine dollar one. So hundred seventy nine. It's almost two hundred bucks. Son of a whore. Uh, but anyway, it, it but it's, yeah, oh, yeah. It, it's it's fantastic and. Uh, I'm looking forward to having to be you know, to play getting, with. Yeah, getting a, a shot at and I'm sure my wife will play with it too. Well, but, if, you, uh, if you get the high-end one, the app mm-hmm. one, you can make it patrol too. Oh, cool. Yeah, you don't have to control it all the time. You can have it on patrol and just rolls around your house. Oh, that's amazing. So, so Gozer will have a friend. Oh, absolutely. Or an enemy, as <laughs> yeah. it were. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything about this movie um, left people talking, but talking in a good way. Yeah, there was no there. There was those. The, there was the negativity, but I think most of the negative reviews and everything was just people trying to be that, well, be, trying yeah. to find the holes and trying to find the problems with it. the The biggest complaint that I've heard about the film, and the only complaint that I've really heard about the film, is that it is kind of a recycled story in the sense that you have Star Killer Base, another giant planet sized you know, destructo weapon, you know, sort of thing, uh, in the vein of the Death Star. Um, you have the, you know, the old, you know, reclusive... The old guard and the new guard. Yeah, you have the old guard and the new guard together, but, I mean, you have basically the stormtroopers again, you have all that stuff all over again. It, it's basically a retelling of the originals, but the original trilogy is just a... It recycles itself all over again. Uh, George Campbell, or no, no, no. The the uh, no. I'm talking. I, about I'm talking about the Hero Quest. It's it's everything is recycled to a certain point and to. Well, what I mean extreme. is the the original trilogy from seventy seven to eighty three with with uh, New Hope, uh, Empire, and Jedi. Yeah, they're all recycled themes in all of that too. Yeah, you know, it it, it revolves all around doing just that. And that's what they did in this. You know, you get an even bigger base this time that's planet size. Uh, you know, they, they yeah, have this zone. ultimate weapon that they want to use, but they think that it's impregnable. You know, that sort of thing. And they, they keep going, okay, well, we'll just improve on it until, you know, uh, they they can no longer destroy it. But they always find a way. And yeah. Han Solo even says it. Hey, you know, it, if I've learned one thing, there's always a way in. There's always a way to do it. For me, it was just a film that really brought in the old fans and introduced new fans. Brought the generations together. Yes, introduced new characters that I was instantly fell in love with. I love Ray. I think she's a fantastic character. Finn is great. Poe Dameron, I can't wait to find out more about him. Oh yeah, he's a badass. Um, you know, and to see where the saga is going to take us from here. 
I, I'm not disappointed. A lot of people, there's a meme that's going around that, that people talked about with Kylo Ren. And it starts out with Obi-Wan Kenobi in episodes one, two, and three. And it shows him laying on the ground. He's like, takes a cut to the arm, takes a cut to the leg. He's out for the entire fight. Still a beloved character. Gets shot with a blaster that blows stormtroopers across the room, you know, across the room. Uh, is bleeding out during his battle scenes and everybody calls him a pussy. And that's what they're referring to with Kylo Ren. Yeah. But we know now that he is he's of the Skywalker lineage. So if that's the case, the Skywalkers are known for being whiny bitches anyway. And we do see some epic tantrums from Kylo Ren. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, A.K.A. and I'm going to fucking do it, too. A.K.A. Ben Solo. Bitches, go see the movie already. Well, we still got another episode to do. Yeah, but his name's Ben Solo. They said it. In the film. Yeah, I know they did. All right, all right. No, I'm, I'm not even pointing that out. I'm just like, dude, we got a whole another episode to record. But uh, I, to throw... My two cents on the fact that it's my number one. Like you said, it links to legacies. It mm-hmm. links to generations. And for me being the type of Star Wars fan I was, to go in, I, I knew it was going to be an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. My nerdum was dormant, and now it's flying free. And as soon as the, not even the crawl, like the, the music kicked in. <laughs> uh, I had goosebumps. I was like, let's do this. For me, it was the Lucasfilm thing right in the beginning. That too. Because uh, to me, it was like, you didn't have to do that. And Lucas kind of left the Star Wars universe pretty bitter about how fans treated him towards, you know, uh, with, with his reaction towards episodes, you know, their reactions, I should say, towards episodes one, two, and three. Now, whether that was rightful or not, uh, I think it was. <laughs> but I don't think but he also too, it's his the creation. fuck over the coals. Yeah, yeah. it's going to let him, you know. Uh, like I'm just I glad was... that he was able to relinquish it, you know, and, and Disney was able to purchase it, and we're now going to, there's a whole new generation that's going to be introduced to the world of Star Wars. Yeah, and to end the conversation <laughs> in a nowhere note, honestly, uh, Lucas could have easily done, oh, yeah, he's, you guys want to be pissy about the prequels? I'm going to make a gay porno with Chewie and Han. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he really could have, he could have just, Given yeah. us another holiday special for that. Exactly, but he, but but he, you know, if he it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be where right. we are. Uh, you know, and, and so so what? You know, maybe uh, maybe he deserves to do a little bitching and complaining at the end of it. The guy's a billionaire. Yeah, yeah he's a billionaire. He's donated all kinds of money, rebuilt wings for I think UCLA and USC. I'm not not for certain. He's he's setting up uh, um, I know scholarships for. Uh, you know, minority filmmakers, new fi- minority filmmakers coming up, uh, which, you know, of course, you'll hear bitching and complaining on that end of it, but he's right. He wants more ethnicity involved in the director, you know, the director's yeah. chairs. And, and good for him, man. Hey, George Lucas, thank you for giving us an amazing universe. And, uh, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about you when we when we do our Star Wars episode. Yeah. But uh, for me, the number one film of the year was Star Wars Force Awakens. Same here. Uh, Star Wars Force Awakens, number one, both of our sides look, we matched our lists pretty well. Pretty well. I mean, we most of my stuff appeared. The only one that didn't on mine was Ex, uh, Ex Machina, but that's because I haven't seen the yeah, film. Yeah, and I honestly, <clears throat> I will probably bet money that when you see it, you'll probably be like, yeah, this would probably be on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing it. So Yeah, when you give me back all my movies. Shut <laughs> the fuck. God. All right. Nag. Just call me a nag. Yes, I did. I just want to make sure. So... <laughs> <laughs> Segways, I'm a master of segways. Uh, Okay, so going from NAG, why don't we go to Uh, WAR? WAR, if that gives you a hint of the end game we're going to be doing. Yes, we're going to do silly ass acronyms. Yes, uh, this is the first time doing it without Phil. 
Yeah, which is going to be weird because we're not going to get an I'm Too Sexy reference in here. So. Oh, no, that was... The, oh, no, that's the other game. Uh, I'm Too... Yeah, I'm Too... Adjective for this now. Yeah, that, that's... Well, we'll have to hold off on that one. Yeah. Guys. We may have to do it without Phil just so we don't have to have that song. I'm going to miss it a little bit. Yeah. Ah, fuck it. Let's go. Okay, but uh, this is Silly Ass Acronyms W-A-R. All right, you want to start or you want me to start now? Uh, you can start. All right, Women Against Reading. Warriors Artistic Rights. Hmm. In the vein of Deadpool, I will say, where's all red? Wicked Anarchist Rectal. Oh. Warrior against Randy Savage. WrestleMania 7 for those people out there. There you go. Or multiple matches, Yeah, there's multiple matches, but there you go. WrestleMania 7. Um, Oh, speaking of which, uh, since you were playing Fallout 4 earlier, Mm -hmm. then you hear about the, uh, I guess, mod or something that people are able to do with the certain characters to turn them into Randy Savage? Okay, that's been a, uh, a common theme with Bethesda games. Um, if you're playing the computer version of it, um, you can mod, pretty much with any game, you can mod stuff out if you know how to put in the right kind of codes and all that stuff. Um, the, the big one was, whenever a dragon would attack you in Skyrim, yeah. it would be a purple and white dragon with Randy Savage's head. Nice. And it would fly in and you'd hear it go, ooh, yeah! And it would try to eat you and blow fire at you and stuff like that. So uh, I'm curious to see how he pops up. Off to off the YouTube it, yeah, and see how he pops up in uh, Fallout Four. It, it should be. There's some weird characters in there, and Randy Randy Savage needs to be part of the future. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so uh, now that you stalled, motherfucker, <laughs> I hope you came up with a good acronym. Watery anal ramage. Wow! <laughs> wow! You can always uh, throw in the towel very quickly. Women are. Ridiculous. Coming from the married man. My daughter sat straight <laughs> up. When what are you saying? Beg your pardon, Dad? <laughs> Wrinkled artichoke ripes. Okay, okay. Wranglers at ranches. Wicket assaults Ray. Ooh. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Um, alright. <laughs> That's dirty. These <laughs> Star Wars fans. That's yes. dirty. Uh, well, for the longest time there, I'm just trying to. Uh, yep, what's, yep. What's the name of that freaking Ewok? <laughs> yep, yep. Wheelchair antagonist runaway. Wheelchair access rimming. Ew. Well, I mean. White snake and rat. That's an 80s hairband reference, right there. Yeah, and the man that said it, his hair is gray. Shut up! <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Your hair's flesh colored. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um, White Castle assaults rectums. That's very true. Um, oh god, that is very true. Let me see. Winchels are rad. So we're not going to get sponsorship from White Castle, but we're going to get it from Winchels. Why not? Eh? Uh, we're West Coast anyway. In out, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Winners are rotten. Whites are racist. Little political spin on it. Yeah. White as the driven snow. I'm not yeah. racist. It's just fuck off. <laughs> the fuck. Fuck off. You go with yours. <laughs> <laughs> I could just make it very awkward and just say no. I'll let you dangle on that. Oh, one. you <laughs> son of a bitch. But I won't. Oh, okay, good. Wimpy's Atkins rejected. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's funny, dude. I like that one. A little Popeye reference there with the modern old Just see him sitting in a fucking cardboard box. I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Ribbies, it is Tuesday. Wieners are revolting. Good to know. I don't mean like, they're gross. I mean like, they're all standing up and like, we're not going to take it anymore. It's a revolt. They're tired of getting beaten. That's right. (laughs) Tired of being beat. (laughs) Women are ravishing. You fucking suck up. I'm single, uh, so someone has to suck up. That's too. a good point. Yeah. You can say what you said, and I can say what I said. Wives against rim jobs. We're not gonna lick it. <laughs> Sorry. So, I'm gonna leave it on that one, and I'll make sure I link this message to your wife. Oh, <laughs> you son of a bitch. So. <laughs> Bros before... Oh, can't say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what? No, I'm not gonna leave it on that one. I, I've been losing too many times, so Yeah, yeah. Winslow's against rendering. Winchester automatic rifle. Will barreling against rectums. Oh, okay. Worf versus right. Oh, sorry. Worf against Riker. Man, I went into that fucking proud. Man. Yeah. And, oh Ew. it's not a V. Whitey's annulene rednecks. Uh, all right. On that note, I'm gonna bow out. Oh wow! Because <laughs> I, I'm getting too many against and are and all that stuff. And you're way more creative than I am on that sense. So, ah, fuck. Oh, well, if yeah. it was there, he'd just roll with it. <laughs> I know he would, but it would be something weird. It'd be like you know, Winston, Albert, Redmore, or something. You know. <laughs> Something silly. So, with that being said... Yes. Uh, I will... Concede. Okay. Alright. So, that has been our uh, look back at our favorite movies and a couple crappy movies of 2015. Yeah, thanks for hanging with us on this one. Uh, If it seems a little convoluted on the recording... Mixmaster Josh over there is going to make it sound fantastic. Uh, Usually do. Yeah, uh, like I said. Not not main main tumble. No, 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 no. I'm battling cold. Little one's battling fussiness and getting teeth and being tired and all that stuff. And so he really puts up a lot of our uh, breaks and interruptions and things like that. And so I tip my hat to you, sir. Thank you for doing us such good credit and making us sound great. No, no problem. So this has been Josh. This has been Nick. And I could have just pumped myself a little bit more there. Like, I'm a man. Pump yourself up, man. Come on, give us uh, give, give us some like fucking Macho Man Randy Savage type enthusiasm. <laughs>